morning everybody good seeing you if you will uh we're gonna be in daniel 6 this morning but if you'll turn to daniel chapter 4 we'll kind of bounce our way to daniel 6 uh you got jeremiah lamentations ezekiel daniel get to jose he went too far i'm sure some of y'all probably saw but um, our brother luke cop up in sacramento or the marysville area they're going to uh, going to profess Christ and believers' baptism there at rescue on the 4th of February. And I like hearing that. That encourages me, and Lord ain't out of business. <laughs> he came to save one. That's, that's more than deserved it, isn't it? That's a precious thing. I wanted to have a category, just like my pastor did, or a series of messages, like whenever they organize, Kimberly keeps everything organized real good on sermon audio. So if you want a message out of Psalms or I preached the series out of John or Galatians or whatever, you can go on there and it's divided up. And that's good. And I wanted to have a series like my pastor had on, on popular Bible stories, just, just these stories that everybody knows and what they tell their children. And I got to thinking and I got to asking around people like, well, what What's some of your stories that you know? What's some of your favorite Bible stories? And and that's there's not much popular Bible stories anymore. This whole nation, I keep seeing article after article how about how no one's going to church anymore. And and it's so and normally whatever starts here about fifteen years later happens on that side of Mississippi. And I know a whole lot of people that say that they're Christians or they believe in God or all, and they won't even in false churches they won't sit underneath somebody preaching to them much less the truth, you know. And so I thought, well, we ought to title it Bible Stories we ought to, that ought to be popular. <laughs> so how are they going to know about it? I'm going to preach it. We're going to tell them, ain't we? Maybe they'll read their Bibles. Daniel in the lion's den. Daniel in the lion's den. There's a whole chapter in God's Word devoted to Daniel and the lion's den. All of chapter 6. And you know, I wonder why that is. That's a, that's a lot of real estate, isn't it? It could be summed up in just a few words. wouldn't take many sentences. Daniel offended the king. He broke the law. And, and the king cast Daniel into the lion's den, and God delivered him. What's why some reasons this could be long? Well, one, this chapter shows the faithfulness of God's servant, Daniel. He was a faithful servant of God. He believed God, and he would not worship idols even if it cost him his life daniel's faithful to god and he believed god completely and would not bow down that's something this chapter teaches us another thing we could see is that daniel was in a position of high status and responsibility for some reason people think as soon as you become a child of god you got to be a pauper and live in poverty <laughs> that's not so they're wealthy Wealthy men throughout scriptures, and there are men in charge. With Abraham had 318 manservants. I know some people have one or two servants, and they're picked on for being wealthy. That's a bunch. Job was the greatest man of the East. Uh, Joseph ran all of Egypt. Daniel ran all of Babylon. He was the number two man. He's the vice president. Well, if, if those things, if they're, if they're God's servant and they're put in those positions, will that tempt them and take them away from God? Lord, no. 
God forbid. He'll keep them and sustain them and use that. People have such trouble with the government. I'm going to address that. No, you don't. You have trouble with God who runs the government. It's so, isn't it? He can sustain us. That's fine. We can see that in this chapter. Another thing we could see is the power of God to deliver his children from, from the worst trial imaginable. Great fear, great, great sorrow, great heartache, great struggle in, in the body or in the mind or in whatever. He's able. He's able. I love it when Nebuchadnezzar put those three Hebrew children, Hananiah, Meshiel, and Azariah. Remember, those names all mean something, but then I've memorized from birth Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know what that means in Persian? Nothing. <laughs> That's what I remember it, and I remember nothing. <laughs> i got to commit them names to memory. Nebuchadnezzar said, ain't you afraid? He said, I'm about to throw you in the fire. And they said, our Lord's able to deliver us if he wants to, and if he don't want to, he's still God. That's what I want to be like. I don't want to be a little chicken. I don't want to be a little fellow running around looking at me. I want to look to him. And if he's pleased to kill me today, that's just fine. Good. Daniel was the same way. This king, come, Darius, comes and says, is your God able to deliver you? He said, oh, king. Bless your little heart. <laughs> yes, he is. You ought to know him. That's good. We can learn that from this chapter. Our God's still God. But you know, the main reason for this story, the main reason a whole chapter is taken up in the Word of God is not just to show us Daniel's faithfulness. It's not just to show us that he's, he's convicted in the space of compromise. It's not just to show us that he can hold a position in, in government or in power. And it's not just to show us that God's able to deliver. It's, it's to show us something more than that. It shows us how God can be just and justify us. How he can be a just God and a savior. You want to put that in crayon? You want to make a cartoon out of that? This voice is important. This, this is eternal life and death, isn't it? In other words, this whole scripture is about the Lord Jesus Christ, our substitute. That's who this is about. Here's the whole story of Daniel. Daniel was brought as a captive into Babylon. And his name was changed. And, and he had to learn a new language. And he had a new, new system of government he had to learn. And he had new customs and courtesies he had to learn. And there for a while, he had a new diet he had to eat, didn't he? And he never griped about it. He knew God. Doesn't that sound just like Joseph? He, he was made a captive and had to learn a new language, was given a new name, had to learn a whole bunch of new things. And by God's power, Daniel was used to interpret some dreams of the kings, wasn't he? A few kings, Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar bragged about all he had done and all the good things he had done. And then God put him out to pasture, just like an animal. His claws grew out, or his fingernails grew out like, like talons, and his, his hair grew out, and he got down on all fours, and he, and he, he chewed the cud. <laughs> Went and ate grass. He's a wild animal, a haven. Nothing but just useful for slaughtering for a long time, seven years, perfection. 
They perfectly knew that God's the one that's on the throne. He's the king of kings. He's the one whose will is done. And he taught him that. And Daniel told him what dream was that dream he had was going to be. He said, that's you. He told him ahead of time there was some worry with it. He said, oh, king, I wish this on your enemies. But I ain't going to lie to you. It's going to happen to you. There's another faithful prophet told that to a king, said, you're the man. Ain't that why we're here? Isn't that the first thing we're supposed to preach? All flesh is grass. Why are you picking on me? Be a good thing I tell you now, then you find out in a judgment. Now, we got that covered? Behold your God. <laughs> Daniel told him, didn't he? What was the result of that? It came true. God's prophet said what was going to happen, and then it came to pass. Look here at Daniel 4.34. And at the end of days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up mine eyes unto heaven, and mine understanding returned unto me. And I blessed the Most High, and I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion. And king, his kingdom is from generation to generation, and all the inhabitants of earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of the earth, and none can stay his hand, nor say unto him, What doest thou? To say that from a new heart, is that worth seven years of you eating grass? But it is. It is. That's a good thing, isn't it? Well, he died. Nebuchadnezzar died, and another king rose up to power, Belshazzar. Y'all remember that, don't you? He had a big drunken party. All his friends were over, and they, they sent down, and they got the vessels from the temple of God. And, and they, they filled them full of wine, and they took these holy vessels separated to the worship of God, and they partied it up. Had a raging good time, didn't they? Hooting and hollering, living after the flesh, doing what was good for them, they thought. And all of a sudden, a hand appeared on the wall. And it started writing. And nobody knew what it said. And the, king's, the king, who thought he was in so much power and control, his knees started quivering. He started getting real afraid. And he cried out for all of his astrologers. And he cried out for all the soothsayers. And he went and found the wisest man he could find. And nobody could tell him nothing. And then they remembered old Daniel. And they called for Daniel. And Daniel said, I'll tell you what it means. You want to know what this means? He knew the end of it too. Look here in chapter 5, verse 25. Daniel 5, 25. It says, and this is the writing that was written, Mini, Mini, Tekel, Upsharian. This is the interpretation of the thing. Because that's what it says. I'll tell you what it means. Mini, God hath numbered thy kingdom and finished it. Tekel, thou art weighed in the balances and art found wanting. Pires, the kingdom is divided and given to the Medes and Persians. He says, O king, you're weighed in the balances and you're found wanting. And tonight, this night, your soul is going to be required of you. Your kingdom is going to be taken from you and it's going to be given over to the Medes and the Persians. And that night, Belshazzar was slain. Well, after him, another king took over. That's always be a king, don't they? <laughs> 
I started a long time ago. There has to be a king. Darius was the next one. This king Darius, he loved Daniel. He respected him uh, and, and sought his counsel, so much so that Darius decided to set up rule over Babylon. He set up 120 rulers, these notable men, men of, men of distinction, men of wisdom, to set up and rule and govern this land. And over top of those 120, 40 each, he set a president. There's three presidents set up to, to manage those. They had a chain of command. And out of those presidents, Daniel was the head. He was the head. He was number two to the king. Number two to the throne. And Daniel was second in line of all of Babylon. This, this, this man of God, this child of God, this servant of the Lord, God's prophet, was there in captivity serving the king. You see the picture there? You see that one that came down here? who's one with God but served the Father and His will be done. <laughs> Faithful, didn't gripe, didn't murmur, didn't bellyache. Well, there in Daniel 6, verse 5, out of these 120 men, there's the three presidents were over and Daniel was the head, they despised Daniel. They hated him because he was so favored by the king. Jealous, envious. I don't like that. You know what they're saying? I will not have this man reign over me. I will not have this man reign over me. How good are we at submitting to one another? How good are we at submitting to the man that God put over us? Our nature don't like it, does it? Well, these 120 didn't like it. And they said, we got to get rid of him. We got we to find some dirt on Daniel. We can have a smear campaign. Politics is an old profession too, isn't it? We'll have a smear campaign. We'll dig up some dirt on him. We'll get him out of his office. And then we can go back to doing it the way things we like. We can, we can go back to the good old ways and the good old days and everything we had nice before this guy showed up. Start changing everything. We don't like him. Find some dirt on him. Well, guess what? They couldn't find no dirt on him. They couldn't. Look here in Daniel 6, verse 5. Then said these men, we shall not find any occasion against this Daniel except we find it against him concerning the law of his God. we got to get him on the gospel. We can't find nothing wrong with him. We have to trap him up in his words. You see our Lord in this? He came from a far place. He was favored of the Father. The heavens opened up and said, This is my son whom I'm well pleased. Hear him. Hear him. What mankind said, he says he's God. Remember what they went to Pilate? And they said, don't put that he's king of the Jews. Put that He said he's king of the Jews. He said, I've written what I've written. I ain't backing off of it. Good for Pilate. <laughs> Good for Pilate. I've said it and it's done. He came and he was hated. Hated of his own, wasn't he? Because he was favored of the Lord. And nobody could stand it. Well, verse 6. <clears throat> then these presidents and princes assembled together to the king. And said thus unto him, King Darius, live forever. Long live the king. All the presidents of the kingdom, the governors and the princes, the counselors and the captains have consulted together to establish a royal statute. They've made a confederacy. We've banded together. We've talked about this. Now we're going to come talk to you about it. Hmm. And make a firm decree that whosoever shall ask a petition of any God or man for 30 days, save of thee, O king, 
He shall be cast into the den of lions. Nobody can pray to any God. They can't make no petitions. They got to go through you. That's what mankind does. They make, they make man the mediator between God and men. Lord said that, uh, watch out for them that, that uh, forbid marriage. Well, you all can't get married till you come through my counseling sessions. Mm-mm, that's bad. God says so. That's, that's wicked. That's what that is. It's putting a man between God and men. Instead of a man sitting there to tell you what marriage is. <laughs> that's Christ and his church. Nevertheless, you husbands love you wives, what Paul said, wouldn't it? They told him, they said, nobody's got to go and pray unless they go through you, O king. And if they do, they got to get cast in a den of lions. Verse 8. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing that it may not be changed according to the law of the Medes and Persians, which altereth not. This is a picture. All these pictures, nothing's perfect, only the Lord is. But we we're given these pictures to teach us something. Old Darius was flattered. And he had no idea they were doing this to entrap Daniel. So he, he went along with it. And he signed this decree into law that for 30 days, if anybody in the kingdom asked a petition of any man or God except the king, except him, they'd be cast in the lion's den. And that law of the Medes and Persians, it couldn't be changed. It couldn't be altered. Once they sign it, that's it. Might as well be in stone. Verse 10 says these men knew Daniel was going to pray. It says, now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he knew good and well it was signed. He went into his house, and his windows being opened, and his chamber towards Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day and prayed and gave thanks before his God as he did aforetime. Nothing changed. Nothing changed. And these fellows was waiting. They said, we got him. We got him. What was the gripe that the Lord did? He did something. Uh, honoring God, and the Pharisees were against him. He healed folks on the Sabbath. Was that wrong? They thought it was, didn't they? Well, maybe they ought to hush, and what they think, what, when they say, I think, that's called heresy. That's the literal translation of heresy, opinion, right? They thought that he was breaking the Sabbath. There's the Lord of the Sabbath. Maybe we ought to watch and listen and ask God to teach us something, huh? Well, Daniel's breaking that law. No, he's praying to God. That's, that's always legal, isn't it? Anyway, they called him. They found him praying. They, they went running to the king, and they said, King, Darius, Daniel's breaking the law that you signed, this law that cannot be altered. And it says if any man's praying or asking anything to God other than you for 30 days, if he does it, he's got to be cast in the lion's den. There's a payment for that. Didn't you, didn't you say that, king? You wrote it. Is that your signature? Is that your signet on there? Daniel's got to go to the lion's den. That's what has to happen. Verse 14. Then the king, when he heard these words, was sore displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to deliver him. And he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. It's called Darius's dilemma. <laughs> well, what a dilemma that is. If he lets Daniel go, his title as king is tarnished. If he lets Daniel go, he'll lose everything. He'll lose the respect of his men. He'll be a laughing stock. He'll be mocked. But if he upholds that law, he's just, Daniel's going to suffer the lion's den. If that law's upheld and the king's still the king, the one that he loves is going to be tore up. He's going to die. Certain 
death. He wants to be merciful, but he must be just. We understand those things, don't we? You ever see something like your children ain't listening to you and, and, and like, I've lived through that. I know exactly what they're going through and I want to be merciful to them. But if I do that, I'm soft and I'm wishy-washy and I'm not doing what God tells me to do, so I have to be just and I have to chasing them. I can't be both. Darius couldn't be both, could he? He wanted to stay up all night long, verse 18 says. And they'd come in and try to play music to him. He couldn't even hear it. <clears throat> couldn't even just stop playing music. I love music, and that always happens. If I'm really upset, I can't listen to music, or if I'm late. If I'm running late, I don't know why I turn the radio off. <laughs> I'm listening to my music. Important things are going on. You know, that's the, that's the dilemma. How can God be just and justify sinners? He's a holy God, and we're great sinners. Isn't it? Even old Bildad. Bildad was a miserable comforter. He, he was, he was a, a horrible legalist. And he come to Job, but even he, he had something that was right, didn't he? How then can a man be justified with God? How can he be clean that's born of a woman? I wish more people asked that question. That's the oldest, chronologically, the oldest book we have in the Bible, or in time. It was written first or whatever. That's 4,000 years old. That's a good question. That's, people ought to ask that. Not How do I better my life and improve my financial position? How do I have a, how am I a better father and, and parent to my children? How am I a better husband or wife? We're going to have some lessons on that. You need to know how God could be just and justify sinners. We're sinners. The law must be upheld. Look here in verse 16, Daniel 6, 16. And the king commanded, the, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. Now the king spake and said unto Daniel, Thy God, whom thou servest, continually he will deliver thee he will deliver thee Christ served the, the father continually didn't he do I serve him continually day in day out every thought every dream every action we do some don't we once we see his blood and that, that milk of the gospel comes across our lips that, that drives every decision we make what we wear, where we live, how, how we interact with our neighbors, everything. We see it through that lens of his blood, don't it? But it ain't continually. Christ served the Father continually for us. Isn't that something? Doesn't that make you happy on the inside? Won't that, won't that turn a frown upside down? Or we just grit our teeth and get mad at him? So I could have done it myself. A natural man does, isn't it? And a stone was brought, verse 17. A stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den. We'll be there Wednesday. There in John 19, a stone was rolled over our Lord's grave, wasn't it, where he was forsaken. After he brought down from the cross, a stone was brought and laid upon the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet and with the signet of his Lord's that the purpose might not be changed concerning Daniel. This is the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God coming to place right here. Verse 18. Then the king went into his palace and passed the night fasting, couldn't eat. Neither were instruments of music brought before him, and his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste unto the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried with a lamentable voice unto Daniel. He was weeping. 
king spake and said unto Daniel, O Daniel, servant of the living God, is thy God whom thou servest continually able to deliver thee from the lions? Then Daniel said unto the king, O king, live forever. <laughs> My God has sent his angel and has shut the lion's mouth so that they have not hurt me for as much as before him innocency was found in me. And also before thee, O king, have I done no hurt. And the king was exceeding glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den, and no matter of hurt was found upon him because he believed in his God. Do you see substitution in that? Well, it was Daniel by himself down there with a lion. That's substitution. Daniel's a picture of Christ down there. And also, Daniel's a picture of us. That's bifocal. We can see both of it. We've broken the holy law of God. And we must die. You, people that want to be under the law, have you not heard it? Does everybody in here that has a house, do you have a railing on the top of your house? Have you ever ate a medium well steak? God says you'll go to hell and die forever. Well, I ain't never killed nobody. Well, you thought, thought, have, you ever, have you ever been so mad at a brother you just didn't talk to him for a day or two? That's killing him. God says so. When you actually murder somebody, that comes into play a little bit deeper. You see it more thoroughly. It's a hard thing. We've broken his law. Have we honored God in everything we did? And do we obey our parents and, and, and have a long life because of it? And no, no. We've broken God's law. we got to die. We have to die. We're found guilty. The wages of sin is death. And Christ our date, great Daniel. Look into his father in full faith and assurance who said, you ain't going to leave my soul in hell. I know so. This body ain't going to see corruption. He willingly. Daniel wasn't kicking and screaming, was he? Just like when they took Aaron on top of that hill, just like when, when Isaac was taken up a hill, just like a bunch of other things. He wasn't kicking and screaming. He willingly went into there. He said, this has to happen. He willingly went into that lion's den. Hmm. Who was in that lion's den? What's in a lion's den? Lions, right? That ain't a hard one. Who's the lion? Who's the lion? Peter said, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Our great accuser, Satan, was in there. Death was in there. Hell was in there. Sin was in there. We ain't no match. People, there's a horrible, horrible hymn in this hymnal, Dare to be a Daniel. People go always in, in, in religion, says, oh, dare to be a Daniel. Dare to go down and face that? No way. Dare to be a Daniel and trust in God no matter what? That's a good thing. Pick yourself up by your bootstraps. That's ridiculous. You, you ain't no match. Don't ask for it. Don't go, don't go find a trouble. Trouble find you. Leave it alone. This picture of Christ, isn't it? In there with that line. Well, somebody might ask, Kevin, I thought you preached that Christ is a, the young line that had all the energy, and he's the old line with all the wisdom. He's the line of the tribe of Judah. That's exactly right. He is. But Satan transforms himself into an angel of light, doesn't he? Why is he, why is he called a line? He wants to look like Christ. He wants to be 
seem as powerful. But no marvel for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light, Paul said. Well, he went in there. Whatever happened inside, you, do you know what it says here that happened? I, it don't. Do you know what happened in that tomb when Christ was laid in it? We don't know. We know he come out. He come up, wouldn't he? Why did Christ come out of that tomb? That's the proof that, that, that God has been just and we have been justified. That's good. We have an empty tomb. That, that bloody sacrifice, that propitiation, had been, that burnt offering had been accepted. <laughs> that payment, we got the receipt. That's an empty tomb. That's good, isn't it? Daniel was commanded to be brought up out of that den. Commanded. Not like, well, you can leave if you want to. Hmm. The law's been fulfilled. Come out. Come up out of that den. Our Lord came and ascended on high, didn't he? You see that? That's a picture of Christ. How's Daniel a picture of us? It's by folk. Look here in verse 21. Daniel said unto the king, O king, live forever. My God hath sent his angel. How was Daniel? Daniel really went into the lion's den. And he woke up that next morning just scratching that lion underneath the jaw, <laughs> purring. How, what, how did that happen? How did he live? My God hath sent his angel and hath shut the lion's mouth, and they have not hurt me. Do you notice their angel is singular? Was that a legion of angels? Was that 144,000 angels? It was one angel. Singular. Singular. There's too many to list. I'll read you one. The angel of the Lord appeared to Moses in a flame of fire, out of the midst of a bush. And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Daniel's in there, right? That bush was burning. The law was completely fulfilled and enacted and carried out. But he wasn't consumed. Why? The angel singular was with him. Christ was with him. Christ went in there and fought his enemies and bore his burdens and carried those things out and us in him. That's the same as us, isn't it? Can you imagine being forsaken of God? I don't, I don't even want to think about it. I can't think about it. I don't even know what that, we, we can't enter into what that means. I don't even want to think about it. He willingly, without kicking and screaming, went in there and bore that sin for us. That's important, isn't it? Isn't that something? Do we worship him because of that? Do we honor him? Mm. What about Daniel's enemies? Christ had some enemies. We have some enemies, don't we? We're going to be dealt with. Look at verse 24. Daniel 6, 24. And the king commanded, and they brought those men which had accused Daniel, and they cast them into the lion's den, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions had the mastery of them and break all their bones in pieces or wherever they came to the bottom of the den. Christ didn't have a bone broken. Daniel didn't have a bone broken. Them enemies will be crushed. Then King Darius wrote unto all the people, nations, and languages that dwelt in all the earth, Peace be multiplied unto you. Peace. There wasn't peace before. What we have now? Peace with God that we've offended. The one we broke his holy law. We now have peace with him. Make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom men tremble and fear before the God of Daniel. For he's the living God and steadfast forever. And his kingdom 
that which shall not be destroyed and his dominion shall be even unto the end. He delivereth and rescueth and he worketh signs and wonders in heaven and in earth who hath delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. Hmm. I asked that on a message recently. Isn't that better than having some confidence and pushing through <laughs> and leaning on your faith? It's done. And he's received all the glory in every language, in every corner of this earth until the end. That's a good thing, isn't it? Let's pray together. Father, we think so often we're surely consumed by lines. We think we're surrounded and going to perish. And oh, Lord, we're looking to ourselves and we're looking to lines. Make us look to Christ who's conquered all for us, who's came and shut those lines' mouth and who's dealt with them and used that to conquer all of our enemies and make us praise Him. Lord, make us message effectual to our hearts and bless it and encourage your people comfort them and teach them and as you only can thank you for this hour and be with us next and be with our brethren that can't be here with us and give us words of encouragement and comfort for them too lord thank you for this hour and forgive us for what we are it's because of christ we ask it amen all right we'll meet back ten thirty. Thank you.